Right, welcome back to the Plugin for More podcast. We finally have Bryant back in the recordings with us. I mean, he was on his what fifth or sixth vacation for the year at this point. I, yeah, I, I am right. so jealous and envious of you, Bryant. Like all the trips you get to do, it's super cool. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back. I'm hoping you got something good for us today. I do. I mean, I was really excited because on vacation, the Cybertruck unveiled, and I just could not wait to talk to Mike about this because I know Mike's so excited because he's got 100 reservations or something, 200 reservations, but the doors don't align on the unveiling. Like, if you look at the okay. photos, the doors don't align. <laughs> Welcome to Plug In For More, brought to you by EVUniverse.com. EV Universe is your one-stop shop for all things related to the electric vehicle. Here on this podcast, our goal is to educate, inspire, and hopefully make your transition into the electric vehicle marketplace a lot less intimidating. And now, here are your hosts, Mike, Tom, and Bryant. Guys, 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 let's, let's bring this back. This is consistent with Tesla, so they're nothing but consistent. And I think you guys have all seen it. Not all the doors and uh, you know Falcon Wing doors and the Model Xs. I mean, they they don't always fit perfectly. But I think, and we've we've shown too, it's pretty easy to adjust those yourself if you need to. They're more interested in getting the cars out, even with the first Cybertruck that was you know put up on Twitter or X at, as it is now called. Um, I think as of today or yesterday is the official word on Twitter moving over to X dot com. So, anyways, I mean, Mike, um, Mike, I just have to ask, yeah. how much is the Cybertruck MSRP? Uh, what do you think? Because I don't know either. Nobody knows. Other than what do you think it's going to be though? For the top of line model um, that they were originally supposed to be at, like seventy nine thousand. Um, my guess is it's going to be eighty nine. They're going to tack on ten grand to it. Is my guess. <sighs> How much is it if you have to adjust the gaps on your own doors? <laughs> That's my question. Same price. Same price. Oh. No discount. Not for you. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else probably would give a discount, but not 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 Tom. Everyone wants to spend ninety grand on a car that you have to fix when you get it, right? Well, have you seen Ferraris, man? Those things are panel gap cities. They're everywhere. Come on, I man. Mean, but Ferraris look Ferraris look cool, Mike. I just have to say. <laughs> hey. Did you guys see the, the Tesla put a Ford F-150 Lightning wrap on a Cybertruck? There's some pictures coming out just this morning of that. It's hilarious. I saw it, but it looked to me like a really bad Photoshop and not a wrap. Mm, I don't think so. I think it's a wrap. I mean, no matter what. Okay, so like, let's take the wrap out of the equation. Did you guys see the picture of the frunk? Yeah. It's yeah. not very... It's a lot smaller than... I mean, granted, it has to be than like a Ford F-150 Lightning or the Rivian or the new uh, Silverado EV. But uh, that thing's it's kind of tiny. I mean, it, it opens up in the same way that the F-150 does with kind of that, you know, the, the grill going with it. That image was kind of from a distance at a weird angle. So like giving I I am not one to give the, the Cybertruck the benefit of the doubt, but like I don't entirely believe the photo. Yeah, but I mean, even just looking at the other photos where it's closed, I mean, there's just not that much room up front. So we'll, we'll see what it actually what the numbers come out to be. But I don't think the front's going to be very big. And um, they're talking about 350 mile range on it. That's not, I mean, 
the Rivian is what way I'm driving. I put in conserve mode. It's three hundred and like forty seven miles, and it's yeah. outperforming that. I mean, that's. I really hope that Tesla can outdo that. Yeah, that's a good that's point. It's a good point. I mean, we we talked about the Lightning. The other big news over the last five days. The Lightning is is cheaper now. They lowered the price, right? Ford updated the Pro model, which is the lowest price, the lowest base model from fifty nine thousand down to forty nine. And well, then, uh, but right, they brought it back to where it was, or just even still slightly above where it used to be. So, because I think it was like originally like forty seven. Yeah. Yep. And then yeah, it was up park. Then went to fifty nine because of right. Everyone wanted one, and now it's back to forty nine. And they did the same. For, it was kind of across the board, I think, for all the models as well, which gets them all now to qualify for the tax rebates. Yeah. Yep. I don't think you have to adjust the doors when you get a Lightning. I think they're already adjusted, I think. But I really like, you know, being able to tune my car and to customize it the way I want. So, like, just having quickly adjustable door panels so that if I want a bigger gap, I can. Would that be really nice to have? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, guys. you're right. I'm jealous. I wish my doors were like super gappy. <laughs> Maybe I have to adjust them. So I mean, I that way. Hey, why, hey, your door has got a big chunk missing out of it from, I mean, from just what driving down the highway. I mean, so let's just call spade a spade that that cyber truck's not going to have chunks missing out of it. Dude, Steel. deal. A rock hit me because I have twenty one thousand miles on my car. A rock hit the side the side panel for the window, <laughs> and if I hadn't pointed it out, just, you would not even notice. No, I, I would have. It's jagged and sticking out like a sore thumb. I'm also paint it green. It didn't come from the factory that way. Let's just say that. Well, most of the things that are on your car didn't come from the factory. I don't know. That's that's dumb. I mean, let's let's the, cut that one out. No, let's keep that in. I no, mean, it's staying in now. Yeah. Everyone needs to know. Everyone, Everyone needs to know. <laughs> All, um, right. All right, let's bring this back together. I think... Uh, the only other thing I think that happened since we recorded last, well, I mean, a lot of things happened. The only cool thing I thought was if you wanted to buy a Lamborghini that is 100% gasoline powered, sorry, you can't do it anymore. Every single Lamborghini has been spoken for, is on order. You have to now go towards a hybrid Lamborghini. So, sorry, I don't know, Mike, how many Lamborghinis did you have in order? Maybe seven or eight? Yeah, no, none. I'm good. Um, and let's go back to the Cybertruck. Only I had three, and I think we talked about this before in a previous episode. That was a mistake because on the unveiling night, the site was not working, so I kept hitting submit. And now I have three on order, and they're all spoken for, so could be worse. I mean, I think Tom, you and I heard the real story from Mike's wife over uh, the holiday, yeah, we, right? Right. Should we share that with the listeners? Has, have the listeners heard the real story here? I don't think, think so. so. I mean, we have Mike's narrative. That's about all we got. I think we need a counter narrative. I know Barb's listening. So uh, unlike my wife, she does not listen to this podcast. No, Renee does not listen to our podcast. No, she does not. But yeah. so the so listener, the real story here from, from Barb, Mike's wife, is she was, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong on that part of this. This is my recollection, uh, but this was like 4th of July weekend. So my recollection could be could be fuzzy. But she told Mike that he could get a reservation as long as the truck looked cool. And uh, and so, of course, she, you know, she wakes because it's midnight. Like Mike talked about, the website was glitchy, whatever. So she wakes up in the morning, talks to Mike, and she saw it. And she's like, oh, like, I'm glad you didn't get a reserva- reservation for that. That kind of looks janky. And 
Mike's like, yeah, we don't have one reservation. And then what, Mike, it took, how long did it take for you to admit you didn't have one, you had three? Uh, well, I mean, I was just going by technically what she said. And then three days later, she, I can't remember exactly how she found out, but she's like, hey, so uh, what the heck is this? Uh, you've got three on order? And I, yeah, I've got three. You said if I, you said you didn't have one. I'm like, no, I didn't have one. I've got three. So, um, you know, slight discrepancy of the words and how things happen. But end of the day, yeah, we got three on order. So if you guys want one, I know you guys really excited for it. Tom, especially. I'm a hard no. Tom's in. I love it. I love it. And then uh, just one one more story from when we saw Mike when he was up for the fourth. These guys ripping me for old man mode. I will say this this actually came back to bite me. We're just having like a spirited driving. We weren't doing anything crazy. But uh, Mike had his his mom's Tesla. What is that? A, a three performance or um sorry, it's no, not a three a Y performance. Y perform- oh. Yep, Y performance. And then obviously my EV6 and Tom's um, Mach E. Yeah, I might have been uh, in old man mode trying to uh, out accelerate Mike. <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't even put it in sport mode. <laughs> yep. And it wasn't going to be a fair fight, anyways. I mean, you have a wind all-wheel drive, and it wasn't the GT, and yeah. And even in your old man mode, it's probably still faster than the Mach E. So, (laughs) yeah, I was just disappointed in myself, guys. I was disappointed in myself. It was time for old man mode, and it was time for sport mode, and that was time for sport mode. We're disappointed in you too. It's okay. (laughs) I just appreciate you guys letting me keep up in the corners. Yeah, Tom smoked us in the corners. That Maki's like on rails. It's good. All right. I was just trying to read up on the Toyota 745 miles of range solid state battery. Yeah. But there isn't a ton of like like specifics available. Because it's, cause it's not going to happen, I don't think, um, anytime soon. To me, it's Toyota is trying to, um, they're behind on EVs and they're trying to find a way to stay in the news that people should hold out wait for the toyota product that may or may not show up um and you know not jump into evs i mean to me i I think i can see what they're doing from a marketing perspective but it really i mean if you had a solid state 900 you know range battery fantastic but right now i mean they've been in the you know the hybrid game for a long 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 time yeah. And that's the way they're still pushing things is still, you know, the, the hybrid. Um, and they're saying it's because of the lack of batteries and, and that kind of thing, which, you know, I think there's some truth to that. Um, but I think there's two things they're missing with it. One is that a lot of people who use hybrids, um, especially the plug-in hybrids, don't always necessarily plug them in. But then you also have the fact they're, you know, you're still building, you know, all the parts for a gas car and electric, and then you got to combine the two, um, which just makes it, you know, a lot more complicated. Um, so I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of that, um, that process, but what, what do you guys think? Well, I think it's one, it's super exciting. I mean, that making that progress to a solid state battery, if it comes, if it really does have that sort of range, I mean, it looks like their, their talks is saying like 2025, like, which is pretty quick, honestly, at this point. Yeah. But reducing weight, 
and um, increasing that you know amount of energy that that battery is going to be able to store, and it's going to make the cars way more efficient. I just like where that's headed for the electric vehicle um, platforms as a whole, regardless of it's Toyota, Tesla, or Ford. This as long as that that solid state's getting out there and it's usable because it's making everything better. Oh yeah, if if, if it's true, yeah. I mean, that's the Correct. thing is, I think. Anytime you can lighten these vehicles, that's that's a great thing. It's going to help with efficiency. We all know the performance is going to be better. Um, yes, absolutely. Let's do it. But um, what I don't like to see is, um, you know, overpromise, underdeliver, flip it, where it's, you know, underpromise, overdeliver, and we're good. But that's been Tesla's name of the game for however long. It's a good point. That's a good point. They definitely have, especially on the timelines. Um, I will say on the the specs of the vehicle, you know, when the Model 3 came out, I think they were talking under five seconds, zero to 60. Mm -hmm. Well, now we're 3.1. So, you know, the range has gone further, but it's definitely their their timelines have been off. There's no doubt about that. That's clear as day. So I was thinking about it. um, I was thinking about it, like I talked about the Lamborghini no longer, you know, selling any gas-powered vehicles. It's going to be all hybrids. Ferrari has a new hybrid as well. I think we're seeing, um, you know, a slow shift from from a full adoption for EVs to this middle ground, right? And so, I think we had this we had this conversation too over the fourth, actually, because um, Mike's wife drives a hybrid, right? She uh, she likes them. She's going to switch to full yeah. EV though. When it comes yeah, out well, it's just a yeah, it's, it's the Jeep Wrangler four by e. So she loves that thing. Um, but she really wants the EV version. Yeah. But it doesn't exist. You're listening to the Plug In For More podcast. If you're looking for information on electric vehicles, electric vehicles components, or information on how to reduce your carbon footprint, look no further than EVUniverse.com. EVUniverse.com is your one-stop shop for all things related to electric vehicle. I think something else, um, and I've got some thoughts on this, something else that I never thought I'd hear Mike ever say in my life, but he'd said it, is the new Prius is cool. I said it looks cool. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's be accurate with the words I said. I think it looks cool. I'm not, it's, yeah. I mean, I think they did a good job with it. Don't get me wrong, but I would rather have it be a full EV. Yeah. So I think, you know, you know I was I was looking up so Toyota's obviously the nine hundred mile range battery like like Tom talked about. Um, we'll see if it actually comes out or not. But it's interesting listening to I was I was reading and listening to um, Toyota's president talk about this still. And as as we know, like Toyota was first one twenty five years ago. The Prius came out. There's just a lot of um, I think lagging in Toyota. Right? They have an EV, but it's not a top seller. And I think they still continue to drive home this point. It's, it's from uh, Toyota's president, where he talks about a 100-kilowatt battery, which is about the Tesla Model S battery, or very similar to most EVs on the road right now. Um, you could divide that to 10 Prius plug-in hybrids, which deliver about 30 miles of electric range. And then if most people drive about 40 miles a day, that was a Department of um, Transportation, Department of Energy report, you'd get... A lot more people driving on full EV power. You get 10 people driving most of the day on full EV power versus one Tesla. And that continues to be their logic. So I think it's interesting from their perspective. Rather than one Tesla that goes 400 miles, you get 10 plug-in hybrids that go 40 miles. Um, and that's, that's yeah, their logic, I mean, right? Yeah, it's their logic. I mean, but 
how how many Priuses are sold or even that size vehicle are sold now versus trucks and SUVs? So I think that logic is a little skewed. So you'd have to, you know, look at a, you know, plug in, you know, F-150 or something like that. Uh, you know, the really look at the high selling vehicles. Same thing with, um, you know, the big SUVs. Everyone's driving an SUV these days pretty much. So are you going to divide that battery? It's not going to be 10. Is it going to be three or four that goes into one of those vehicles to achieve that same range? Yeah, and I think I think we've talked about it in previous episodes, but there's been a lot of studies done around which is more you know family family friendly, environmentally friendly, um, EV, full EVs or hybrids. And initially, that's the hybrid, right? It's it kills the EV um, over time, though the EV becomes much more um, efficient and better for the for the environment, right? So, well, I think one like interesting technology I was reading about this weekend, actually, in um, the newest issue of Haggerty's Magazine, is Porsche has this new concept where they can actually like take carbon out of the atmosphere and create gasoline from it, or a version of gasoline from it. And right now, they're not putting out too much, like a couple hundred gallons a day, but they're driving their Panameras on it, and they're plants in South America. It's a really interesting article. I'm not sure, you know, the article finishes where they're going to open up a few plants across, you know, South America, like I said, but then the U.S. But it's very, very time intensive and very, very takes a lot of energy to create that gasoline. But it's super fascinating thinking about that's actually a pretty green um, as a pretty green you know, gasoline energy source. And if you put if you put that into a hybrid, so you're running on battery and then you're running on gasoline that's literally created out of the air, that would be pretty good. But. I just have to figure out more and the article didn't go into it, didn't go into specifics around how much energy it actually takes to make, you know, gasoline out of air. But it's a really cool concept, taking the carbon that we put into the atmosphere, taking it back, creating gasoline out of it, and then putting it back in the atmosphere. You're not adding carbon to the atmosphere, just recycling what's already there. Fascinating concept. Yeah, as long as you can have the the energy that's pulling it you know, down and making it into gasoline. I mean, that's kind of the, the plus factor, right? So, yeah, I mean, if you can, if, if you can find a way, and this is beyond my knowledge base to, um, to make it where it's truly, you know, carbon neutral. I mean, it'd be, I mean, I think we, a lot of people enjoy the sound of an engine, especially, you know, well-tuned, you know, V8 or V12. Um, they sound fantastic. I mean, I think you're, you know, for a lot of people, it'd be crazy not to think um, that there's some benefits to that. So I think I think we touched on it a little bit, but you know, Tom, what are your thoughts on hybrids? So, right. So we know where Mike stands. Mike doesn't think, you know, they're good for the environment. They're they're a compromise of both. Uh, where are you at? I think my view on the hybrids is going to be comparing them to a Rube Goldberg project, and that you have so many complicated systems that are trying to complement each other, but they don't really. And the biggest part of the EV driving that I've really come to enjoy is the simplicity and its smoothness. And I think from an EV compared to a gas car, it really accentuates how harsh a gas car is to drive with your transmission shifting and being off the gas and then on the brake and then the transmission's engaging. Even with the smoothest buttery transmission, automatic transmission on a gas car, you still feel that. And so for me driving the Mach-E with the one-pedal drive, like you're on the gas or off or on the accelerator off the accelerator and the car slows and stops and that is 
it has so much less stress on the body. And it, maybe that's a weird way of looking at it because for years I drive a gas car and I don't really think about it, but you feel that difference after time. My work vehicle is a 2019 Dodge Charger with a Hemi. Like I feel that every shift and every time I get on the brakes, like it's a much different experience. Now put the hybrid into it and the idea there where you're going to have these two systems now that are going to be switching back and forth from gas to electric. And I think it adds one more step, one more layer of, of transition that you're going to feel and things that could go wrong. Yep. I mean, that's exactly what we noticed with the, the Jeep four by E's, but I think what makes it stand out even more is that with the four by E you're in the car, it's buttery smooth for EV and then it shifts over into the hybrid or into gas mode mm -hmm. and the engine turns on and then you get the transmission shifting at that point in time too. So it's like you get this super smooth, like you're being in, like you're in your Mach-E and then while you're still sitting in the same seat instantaneously, all of a sudden you're in your charger like yeah. that. It's not a, you know, 20 minutes or switching from getting out of one car, getting to the other. It's like during that same drive. And to me, that just accentuates how like smooth one is versus how unsmooth and how rough um, a gas, you know, powered ex driving experience is. And for me, the, I, I guess I would put more weight on the driving experience than I do on the environmental concerns. I'm not saying the environmental concerns are not important. I, th I think they are, but when you get me into a car, I'm going to be, more concerned with that, that feel and how it drives and, and all of that. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, you bring up a good point, Tom. I think the thing I like about my EVs is two things. One, there's like no maintenance besides rotating your tires and getting some updates. That's really like, that's it, right? About to take my car in for 21,000 mile service, rotating tires, getting an update, which I could just wait and do over the air and then changing the cabin filter, which I could easily do myself. That's not hard, right? Versus a hybrid, right. you still have to do oil changes. You still have to do all that stuff. Um, and then when I'm driving my gas car, when I'm driving my gas truck, <laughs> this this might sound weird, but I hate it when I put my foot on the brake and I feel like I'm just not recapturing that energy. Like I'm not recharging my battery. I'm just wasting heat, <laughs> which I love in the EV. You can just recapture most of that. Not all of it, obviously, but you can recapture that energy right. and you're charging the battery and you don't feel like you're wasting it. Like now I feel like I'm wasting something when I'm braking. It's weird. It's not that I dislike other vehicles. I really like gas cars. I like all cars. And that's why part of the fun part about this podcast is we're exploring something that's kind of new and trying to shed some light on it. But even just before this recording, I ran down to our local farmer stand and I took the Miata just because I wanted to drive through the corners and have the top down and, and run that little car. And it's slow by comparison to the Mach-E, but that connection to the road and the feeling of driving a manual, like I wanted that in that moment. And that's great. Yeah, good point. So I think, uh, you know, last thought for me on this is still still all in on uh, EV fully, but I will say that one advantage, if you're going to take a lot of road trips, and we've talked about this a ton on this podcast, it's very possible with EVs, but you just have to plan out your charging and, and plan it out a little bit, especially as, you know, everyone's getting ready to switch over now to the Tesla charging network. When that happens, that's going to make everything way easier. If you don't want to plan your trips or if you take a lot of them, an EV might not be for you. You might have a hybrid. I've taken, I've driven 21,000 miles in a year. So I've taken a lot of trips, no problems. But if you're looking for that convenience of I'm just going to stop and just fill up wherever I want, not plan anything out. Um, but if you're just going to do city driving or occasional road trips like myself, 
I've had no problem with an EV. Cool guys. I really appreciate having the chance to sit down and talk about the uh, hybrid and EV conversation and making fun of Mike for the Cybertruck, which he has no control over. Yep. That's uh, that, that works for me. Thanks, Tom. It was a good episode like usual, guys. All right. Take care. Have a great day. Thanks for joining, Brian. All right. See you. Thank you for listening to Plug In For More. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out the one-stop EV marketplace, eVuniverse.com. Until next time.